Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. The Steelers have a playoff date with the Buffalo Bills this weekend. How optimistic are we that they can win? We'll preview the game and talk to Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette for his insight. With the NFL coaching carousel already in motion, we'll ponder the future of Mike Tomlin. How important is this game to his future? We'll discuss. Which of the other wildcard games are we most excited to watch? And who do we like to advance? We'll break down the rest of this week's playoff slate. I'm Henry Sutter, filling in for Dave Herzing. I'm Dave Glass. And I'm Bob Anderson. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go under review. Sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping and Dr. Greg Lineski at Wise Eyes. On Connect FM, your only local news radio. Welcome to Under Review. It's January the 10th and it's playoff season, guys, and it's good to have you back with us, Dave, and it's good to have Henry with us tonight. Henry, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, for those who don't know Henry, he is a star goalie, and I pulled him out of the uh, the rink from Monday. He stoned us playing hockey, and I thought, you know what? That deserves a, a radio debut here and. He's, he's really good at uh, the breakdown. So he's joining us tonight. And Dave, I know you were off, and I'm glad you're back with us. And uh, Yeah, a lot to talk about tonight, We, we got a lot to talk about. D is traveling. We uh, we wish him the best and a, a safe return back home next week. We know he's probably missing the stairway well, talk I have to week. I have to start with something, though, because, sure. you know, you guys, last week, uh, you know, you, you started off with your segment. So I thought, are we going to start with the Golden Globes? Because <laughs> you, you were talking about scripted stuff last week, so I thought we were going to do a Golden Globes Touche, touche. Well, you know how I feel about wrestling. <laughs> I have to let the guys have their fun now. So uh, anyhow, um, hey, when we looked at the Steelers' schedule before the season, most of us kind of thought they would be in a good position to make the playoffs in, coming into the last three weeks of the season. Then we thought, boy, just hold on for dear life. Little did we know that those three weeks would make their season, and they go 3-0 and to end the season and uh and and save them so that gets them a date in buffalo this weekend i don't know how excited we are for that but dave you wanted this clip so i'm playing it for our audience i think it's appropriate you simply won't die it's from one of my favorite movies gladiator and as soon as they won that game or uh, the titans won that game I, I i couldn't you know he's like the rasputin of the nfl <laughs> he just won't die I every know, time right? you think he's done mike tomlin finds a way and here again 10 and 7 in the playoffs you know he's going to survive this so uh <laughs> it's just it's the same story every year well if you had to assign a percentage chance to the steelers to win this weekend uh in buffalo what would you give them? Vegas has Buffalo as a 10-point favorite so far. We'll start with Dave here. Uh, I, I would say 20%. Okay. How about you, Henry? I'm feeling a little more optimistic. I'll give them a 33-repeating percent chance, <laughs> one in three chance they pull it off. All right. Well, I I would be down around Dave's area probably, maybe a little more pessimistic. Um I just feel like the Bills being at home, they're 7-2 and two this year. They're, they're tough at home. 
And speaking of teams that won't die, how about the Buffalo Bills? I yeah. mean, they, there was a time when it looked like they were, you know, done for the season. I they, gave them up for dead at six and six, looking at the schedule they had. Yeah, yeah, they they've won the last five games. They beat Kansas City, Dallas, Miami. So I mean, they've played some tough teams too. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. And of course, Josh Allen, you got to slay him too. But uh, what do you think, guys? What what needs to happen to win this game? Turnovers. The only way Pittsburgh can win is to win the turnover battle by two or three at least. And and the nice thing about Buffalo, look, Allen's a great quarterback, but he's going to give you some chances. I mean, he gave them chances, you know, against Miami. He made a couple really boneheaded throws, I thought. But then if you don't get pressure on him, he's going to kill you. And not having what, I, you know, that that hurts. So. Yeah. I don't know. I just I think it's a bad matchup. I so wanted to see it go the other way and us play Kansas City. I would have given us maybe not quite 50-50, but a lot better chance against them. I'm on the other end of you with that. I, I think if the Steelers could have chosen a first-round matchup, this is the one. I'm not sure that the Steelers, as presently constituted, can beat any of the teams in the AFC playoffs, but they can take advantage of a team beating themselves, and those turnovers you get from Josh Allen are exactly what I think it's going to take. I'm not sure that a team as experienced in the playoffs as Kansas City would give them the same mental mistakes and the same shortened fields that Josh Allen might. Yeah, that's an interesting take, especially with Josh Allen. He was second in the league this year in interceptions, 18 behind Sam Howell with 21. Um I would say the weather may play a factor this weekend. I hear that there's a chance of snow. It sounds like there's going to be like 50 mile an hour wind gusts. It's going to be really cold. Yeah, so I would think that, you know, the Steelers are going to try to run the run the ball. I'm sure Buffalo will too, and hopefully that'll ground Josh Allen in the air game for for Buffalo. Um, how about Mike Tomlin? How important is this game to his future? The Steelers have not won a playoff game since 2016. I don't think it matters at all. I think he saved his his career with with getting in you know getting to 10 and 7 those three wins making making the decision to go with Rudolph now I, I you know you know me I'm always the one that says hey he still has to own those three games in the middle that were just they, we, we would have a, a home field advantage right now if we hadn't lost to two two and ten teams back to back plus that debacle in Indianapolis um so and I always say this if you're going to credit him for the good you got to ding him for the bad they got I thought they were about a 10 and 7 team. As you said, you know, they were a schizophrenic team all year. You just never knew one week to the next what you were going to get. But there's no chance. I would say 0.0 chance, no matter what happens Sunday, that he's going to be let go. I'd have to agree. I can't see a reality where on the back of a three-game win streak with technically their third quarterback of the season. I, I don't know how you let him go. It's one of those situations where if they had continued their skid, and you finally have that first losing season in 17 years, maybe both sides are looking for something different out of this. But with a three-game win streak to close it out and a puncher's chance in Buffalo, I, I think his job is in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's funny how, um, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to break up with him before she breaks up with me or vice versa. A few weeks ago, we thought the Steelers were going to break up with Mike Tomlin. Now Adam Schefter has an interesting take on this. I don't know if you guys heard this. I'm going to play this clip and and I'm going to have you guys react to this. There's been some speculation about Mike Tomlin. People in Pittsburgh want him fired. They're not firing Mike Tomlin. But here's the thing that's interesting. He's got a year left on his contract. And there are some people around the league who believe that Mike Tomlin could decide eventually to take some time off, like Sean Payton did. Maybe take a year off. 
We'll see if that's something that's on his mind. We're leaning safe, but Mike Tomlin gets to dictate what happens here. Not the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not firing him. He's staying on, but he's staying on if he wants to. If he decides that he'd like to walk, well, that's a different subject. And maybe there's a team out there. He's from Washington. His wife loves Los Angeles. Maybe one oh. of them wants to lob a call into the Steelers to see if they could wind up doing We've something with him. We've got life intel. And All right, so that's an interesting take from Schefter there, guys. What do we think? Well, I, I, I think that would be the ideal solution. I really do. Because, look, I'm, I'm not getting off the idea that I think it's time for a, for a change. I, I, when... When he, you know, look, he went to Rudolph because he had no choice, really. I mean, that's because how Trubisky was just so bad. But he has to own the fact that for almost two full seasons, for some reason, he thought Trubisky was better than that. And some, eh, you know, I'm still not thinking he's the answer. If he would like to to take an opportunity somewhere else, I'm kind of like, you know, thanks for the memories and that's okay. I'd love to know Schefter's source for that because I have a feeling it's Mike Tomlin's agent. I think this is all a contract play here. He's in the last year of his deal, and this Schefter said it there. This is Mike Tomlin getting the leverage, getting the power in his hands. I can walk. I can stay. It's taking that leverage that the Steelers have and flipping it on them. Oh, that's a really interesting take. I mean, does Mike Tomlin really need the leverage, though? I mean, the guy has... I don't know. Does he need the money? I don't think he's in the poor house. But, hey, everybody's trying to maximize their value. Um, you know, it comes down to this, and I think, Dave, I agree with you. Sometimes you just have to part ways. And I know that I think Mike Tomlin is a good coach. Um, I think Pete Carroll is a good coach. Yeah, that's Seattle, a great point. Seattle mm-hmm. just let him go. I think Mike That Vrabel, was the biggest shock. I know yeah. a lot of people were shocked about what happened in Tennessee. What happened in Seattle shocked me even more because that – there's a lot of talent in Seattle. I mean, I know they got killed by Pittsburgh, but, you know, that, they didn't miss the playoffs very much. And that's a, you know, San Francisco's really tough. That's a tough division. Um, uh, yeah, that, that surprised me that he, he was basically not given his own choice on that. Right. All right. Well, uh, when we come back from break, we're going to talk to Ray Fittipaldo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette to break down the game with him. Stay with us on Under Review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping and Dr. Greg Lineski. Hi, this is Brian Leach with Nelson Realty. Thank you all for voting me the best realtor of the Tri-County for the fifth year in a row and best customer service for two. I look forward to helping you buy or sell for years to come. Let me show you the way home. Find Brian on Facebook, Brian Leach Realtor, or at Nelson Realty in Dubois. Now that the holidays are over, the winter blues may start to settle in. Not to worry, you can beat them back at Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's during our New Year's Upgrade sales event. In order to kick your new year into gear, Panda's been dropping prices big time on all of our pre-owned models. Plus, you still get the Spitzer Shield, featuring a nationwide powertrain warranty, bumper-to-bumper coverage, and more. All at no additional cost to you. Only at Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's. Are you ready to kick your new year into gear and say goodbye to those pesky winter blues? Visit one of our Spitzer Auto stores today and take advantage of our New Year Upgrade sales event and shop online anytime using Spitzer Speed Pass. Visit us today at Spitzer.com. At Spitzer, our world revolves around you. Must complete regular maintenance at the manufacturer's specified intervals and document it. Any breakdowns must be completed at a Spitzer location within 40 miles. Warranty effective anywhere in the continental United States of America, Alaska, Hawaii, and Canada. Complimentary maintenance applies to new vehicle purchases. See dealer for complete details. 
Thanks to COVID a few years back, we started a habit of shopping online. It was convenient and safe and about the only way to shop. But we're returning to getting out of the house, interacting with our friends, families, and local store owners. And every dollar you spend locally recirculates multiple times, making our community more vibrant and sustainable. When you spend somewhere else, like a major website, those dollars are gone forever. Nothing stays here. To create jobs, support schools and athletics, fill potholes, help with local benefits, churches, and charities. Break that habit of shopping national websites. And shop local. Goodwill Industries of North Central Pennsylvania. Processing Center located in Falls Creek. And stores in Dubois, Brockway, Reynoldsville, Brookville, and Punxsee. Coldwell Banker Develop Pack located on Beaver Drive near First Commonwealth Bank. And Greater Dubois Chamber of Commerce located on Beaver Drive in Dubois. Shop local first. All across the area. Shop here first. With Sunny 106 and Connect FM. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Lows level off around 29 tonight under cloudy skies with a slight chance for snow showers. West winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. 38 tomorrow, mixed precipitation possible at times. About an inch of snow tonight through tomorrow with another 1 to 3 inches Friday through Saturday. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Right now, 34. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Welcome back to Under Review, and we're going to continue breaking down the Steelers game against the Buffalo Bills. And on the line with us right now is Ray Fittipaldo, who does a great job covering the team for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, thanks for coming back on. Happy New Year. How are you? Yeah, happy new year to you guys, and uh, good to be on with you again. We really appreciate it. Um, hey, before we get into the game, I'm just curious, from your standpoint, how does a work week go for you in Buffalo this weekend? Are, are you heading up Saturday? Are you going up uh, Sunday? I can't imagine you go up Sunday morning. What What do your plans look like? How does that work behind the scenes? Yeah, we are monitoring the weather forecast. Um, there's some talk of a, a lake effect snowstorm. So, um, you know, we're probably going to drive up Saturday morning, get, get into the hotel and then, uh, just drive to the game, uh, on Sunday morning. But, uh, yeah, depending on what happens with that snowstorm, that could change our plans a little bit. Well, while we're on the subject of the weather, what are you hearing about the weather and, and how do you think that affects the game? Does that give the Steelers a little advantage in your mind? Well, I think uh, for Sunday it's supposed to be clear, but it's supposed to be windy. And uh, there's supposed to be wind gusts up to 50 miles per hour, um, consistent winds, you know, between 20 and 25 miles per hour. So that's really going to affect the game, uh, the passing game. Now, you know, the fortunate thing for the Steelers is they've been running the ball really well. So if they're able to do that again in those conditions, um, you know, I I think, you know, they'll they'll at least be in the game. But, you you know, the last time there was a game up in Buffalo that was that windy, um, it was two years ago, and uh, the Patriots played the Bills. The Bills won fourteen to ten. The Patriots threw the ball three times oh, the wow. entire game. I remember. Mac that. Jones yep. was he was two for three for nineteen yards, and uh, and the Patriots ended up only scoring ten points. So um, I, I know it's different. Um, different type of game, different weather. Um, but when it was that windy, 
a couple of years ago wasn't very conducive to passing. Obviously, everybody knows about the injury to Watt, and, and that really is going to hurt. But I, I, we, do you think we're going to get Fitzpatrick back? And, and what, what else are you hearing injury-wise for the rest of the squad? Yeah, Minko was a full participant in practice today, so he'll, he'll be good to go for Sunday, um, barring, barring a setback. Um, Landon Roberts um, was a participant in practice today. I would imagine he would be good, too. Um, DeMonte KZ is coming back from suspension, so he will be involved. I, you know, I think the biggest story, um, you know, with the injuries this week is how do you bring Minka and KZ back into the lineup? You know, they were three and O with Patrick Peterson and Eric Rowe um, playing safety. So, you know, I, I think probably what you'll see is Peterson going back to corner. Um, and then I think, of course, Minka will start, but. And then you have to figure out how do you use Eric Rowe, how do you use KZ. And I think with Buffalo's offense and them having two good tight ends, it should give you an opportunity to have some, some three safety packages. So I think all those guys will play, but it'll be interesting to see how just you know they, they're, they're deployed in this game. I'm going to I'm going to ask you a bigger picture question here before you came on we discussed you know how this works for Tomlin you know now that he made the playoffs we all think he's safe I'm sure you do too but how do you look at this season I mean we we kind of thought they'd end up 10 and 7 in our preseason but we never thought they'd get there this way um I, do you give him a lot of credit for the end do you ding him for the fact that the middle of the year was was such kind of a disaster what are your thoughts You know I predicted 10 and 7 before the season too but there was no way I would would have thought it would have unfolded the way it has. You know, using three quarterbacks, um, uh, you know, all the injuries that they had. I mean, it was a very circuitous way to get to ten and seven. So I do give Tallman credit for um, you know for getting this team to the playoffs when it when they were seven and seven after that loss to the Colts. I you know I pretty much left them for dead. I I, I didn't think they would be able to uh, bounce back and play the way they did. So I, I do give them <coughs> excuse me, credit for that. But also, how did they get to that position in the first place? You know, the losses to the Patriots and the Cardinals were, at home were bad. So you could also look at it like, yeah, they were 10-7, and 7, but if they took care of their business, maybe they could have been 11-6 and 6 or 12-5, and 5, and maybe they could have had a better seed and maybe not such a, a difficult path through the playoffs. So... You know, it depends on your perspective, but uh, like I said, going from seven and seven to ten and seven under the circumstances with all the injuries, that was pretty impressive. We're talking to Ray Fittipaldo from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. You can follow his work there or on X, well, formerly known as Twitter, at Ray Fit. That's with two T's. One at Ray Fit One. Uh, Dave Herzing is out of the lineup tonight, but we have Henry Sutter with us, and he's got a couple questions for you, Ray. After the Baltimore game, you gave your grades for each position. You gave Mason Rudolph an A. Does he need an A game again for the Steelers to be successful on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, those were pretty terrible conditions to play quarterback in. But Mason was 18 for 20. Um, didn't throw for a lot of yards, but he didn't turn the ball over. And you know, I think one of those incompletions, it was a deep ball to Deontay Johnson. And I thought Johnson maybe could have made a play for that. So... When you take everything into consideration, you know, I thought it was a, a winning performance by Rudolph. Um, you know, probably a similar game this week. You're going to be playing in elements. Um, they're probably not going to throw the ball too much. But if Mason 
and just do what he's been doing. Make a few plays here and there. Don't turn the ball over. You know, I, I think maybe they'll they'll have a shot to win, or at the very least, be in the game. With Watt set to miss time for the fourth consecutive season, do you think that was the big factor in the Marcus Golden signing and the uh, Nick Herbig drafting uh, this offseason? Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely need a better backup play at outside linebacker. You go back and look at some of the names who were backups the last couple of years. I mean, last year was Malik Reed. He did next to nothing when he was here. So, you know, you go out and invest a fourth-round pick in Nick Herbig. I think we all saw what Herbig could do during the preseason. We got a glimpse of that again in Seattle when he made that play in the fourth quarter to help them beat the Seahawks. So, you know, he's probably going to play about half the game. And then Marcus Golden, um, he's a nine-year vet, and he's been a starter in this league, um, you know, in a different role this year. But um, in a limited number of uh, snaps this year, he's had four sacks. So, you know, he's flashed um, as well. So, yeah, I think those guys will split duties for a while. They'll probably go about 50-50 with the snaps. And, you know, unfortunately for Alex Highsmith, he's probably going to have to play the full game over on the other side. And they need a big game from him. I, I think, you know, it's been an up-and-down year for Highsmith. Um, you know, when he gets sacks, they tend to come in bunches. And, you know, if they're going to be in this football game on Sunday, I think they need Alex Highsmith to have a good game and to, you know, get a sack or two to help that defense out. Well, Ray, uh, coming back to the weather here, if, if it does become a, a battle of the trenches, how do you feel like the Steelers stack up with the Bills? Uh, um, you know, defensively, is Buffalo going to be able to stop the Steelers? And vice versa, can the Steelers stop the, the Bills' run game? Yeah, the Bills have a top 10 uh, defense in terms of points allowed and in total yards. But the one area where they do struggle a little bit, it's in the, the rush defense. Teams have been able to run on them this year. I think they're giving up, uh, I want to say they're like 28th in the league in yards per carry um, against. So teams have had success running the ball against them. Um, now when you flip it over to the other side, uh, their running game, James Cook has had a good year. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, with the early exit last year from the playoffs, they wanted to become a little bit more balanced. And I think they've done that with with Cook having a bigger role this year. Um, so when you look at it, you know, maybe maybe the Bills have the edge there. The Steelers are so banged up on defense. Not only is Watt out, but, you know, their inside linebacker situation isn't great. And their defensive line, you know, Cam Hayward um, is back after that, uh, that early season core muscle injury, and he just hasn't played to the level that he has in, he has in previous years. You know, he's – only two sacks. Um, he's playing okay against the run, but you know the defensive line I think has just kind of been average this year. So Mike Tomlin said it best the other day. You know everyone's going to have to step up and, and play a little bit better to you know to make up for the loss of Watt. And I, I think a big part of that is going to be the run defense and specifically how the interior of that defensive line plays. Uh, Ray, I want to take you outside the, uh, the the Steeler game here, and I know I know you follow the Steelers closely, but I'm sure you you follow everybody. With the other five games, what's your one team that you think may surprise this week, if you have one? Yeah, I don't know if it would be a surprise because of the way they finished the season, but I think the Buccaneers are going to beat the Eagles. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield is playing pretty well, and. Um, as you guys know, the Eagles were what ten and one at one point, and then they really 
stumbled down the stretch. So I, I think it's going to be hard for them to turn it around there. And I actually think the Buccaneers, even though they have, um, you know, just a little bit better than 500 record, I, I think they're going to um, hold serve at home, and I think they'll beat the defending NFC champions in the first round. If you look ahead to the next round, say the Steelers get through, you're facing a matchup again with Baltimore. It's hard to beat a good team twice in one season. Is there any chance that Pittsburgh can beat a team thrice? Yeah, there's always a chance. I don't know, uh, you know, what percentages I would put on it, but uh, hey, they did it, did it back in 2008, beat them twice during the regular season, and they beat them for a third time in the AFC Championship game at Heinz Field. So that would be a you know a tall task this year. Obviously, they get most of their key players back who rested in the finale. But, um, hey, there's always a chance, right? I mean, they do have Lamar Jackson's number. Um, that guy's an MVP candidate, but he almost never plays like an MVP when he plays the Steelers. So um, we'll see what happens in Buffalo this week. But uh, I guess it would be fun to, to extend the, the season one more week to see if they could do it again against the Ravens. Well, we're going to get you out of here in about a minute, Ray, but uh, I'm going to ask you to make some predictions here. Who do you got uh, Sunday, the the Bills or the Steelers, and uh, give us a final score. Yeah, I think with the weather and and the wind being a factor, I think it's going to be low scoring. I'm going to go Bills 23, Steelers 16. I think it'll be fairly close. Okay, and then who are your Super Bowl teams? Oh, boy. Um I haven't really thought about it yet, but I'll, I'll give you one team to keep an eye on. If they can get past Houston this week, I like Cleveland to maybe make a little bit of a run. And then in the NFC, I don't know who's going to beat the 49ers. Um, maybe the Cowboys have a shot at it. So if you're asking me right now, I'll give you the one one seed in the 49ers. And uh, I don't know, maybe a little bit of an upset. I'll give you the five seed Browns. In the uh, AFC. I like it. I'm going Fantastic. out on the Hey, Flacco's good in the playoffs. So. Yes, yes. Hey, we really appreciate it, Ray, and uh, safe travels over the weekend. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. All right. When we return, we're going to take a look at the rest of the games on the weekend slate. Stay with us as we continue under review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping and Dr. Greg Lineski at Wise Eyes. I'm Luke Jordan, Tri-County Insider News. A Dubois man, 33-year-old Kevin Batts, is facing charges of forgery and invasion of privacy for allegedly filming himself having consensual sex with a woman and then posting the videos to an internet porn site. Batts reportedly claimed that he had a release form signed by the victim, but when shown the form, the woman said she had never seen it before and her name was spelled incorrectly. A preliminary hearing for Batts is scheduled for February. And a Clearfield County man could serve up to five years in state prison after pleading guilty to stealing copper from outside the county courthouse. According to court documents, 57-year-old Robert Litzinger of Clearfield was seen on video removing grounding electrode conductors from the rear of the courthouse building nearly two years ago. Litzinger was sentenced by Clearfield County Judge Frederick Ammerman on Monday. I'm Lou Jordan, Tri-County Insider News. 
Now that the holidays are over, the winter blues may start to settle in. Not to worry, you can beat them back at Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's during our New Year's Upgrade sales event. In order to kick your new year into gear, Panda's been dropping prices big time on all of our pre-owned models. Plus, you still get the Spitzer Shield, featuring a nationwide powertrain warranty, bumper-to-bumper -bumper coverage, and more. All at no additional cost to you. Only at Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's. Are you ready to kick your new year into gear and say goodbye to those pesky winter blues? Visit one one of our Spitzer Auto stores today and take advantage of our New Year Upgrade sales event and shop online anytime using Spitzer Speed Pass. Visit us today at Spitzer.com. At Spitzer, our world revolves around you. Must complete regular maintenance at the manufacturer's specified intervals and document it. Any breakdowns must be completed at a Spitzer location within 40 miles. Warranty effective anywhere in the continental United States of America, Alaska, Hawaii, and Canada. Complimentary maintenance applies to new vehicle purchases. See dealer for complete details. If you still get one, has your newspaper gotten thin? Is it even published every day? And what's happened since the ink dried? If you're like most people, you get your news on the radio, online, or on your phone. And there is local news there, if you get it from us. Tri-County Insider covers Jefferson, Clearfield, and Elk Counties. Every weekday, a quick read right there in your email. You can subscribe free at tricountyinsider.com. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Lows level off around 29 tonight under cloudy skies with a slight chance for snow showers. West winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. 38 tomorrow, mixed precipitation possible at times. About an inch of snow tonight through tomorrow with another one to three inches Friday through Saturday. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Right now, 34. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. It's Wild Card Weekend, baby, and we're here to break down the games for you. Uh, there are some really intriguing matchups this weekend, but before we get to that, Dave, I got to give you props. Dave won the uh, season um picks here and uh really uh you know it was like a track race so i started hot out of the gates dave and d kind of hung back they saved their energy about <laughs> midway through the season they passed me and and it was goodbye and dave never let up we just couldn't catch him so congratulations well, to you thanks it did work out there i i, I honestly thought last week there was going to be more trouble with with d but uh you know, like we split those first two and we kept splitting the ones we were different on and that, that made all the difference. You just never fun. really had a bad week to let us back in it. So, and then as, of course, as I started to fall further and further behind, I took more chances and of course, then, then right. you start to look bad, but uh, hey, it's all, it's, it's a playoffs now. All that's forgotten. Everybody's starting zero, zero. That's right. And uh, just like the teams here in the NFL. So we're going to break down each of the games before we do that. Which games are you guys looking most forward to? Oh, I I have to say that that Rams Detroit is just so thick with with good stuff. The trade and Detroit has not won a home game in forever, and are the Rams back? Are they not? I I don't. It doesn't get a whole lot better than that, unless Green Bay somehow wins. That would be even better. But um, no, on paper, I think that Rams Detroit game looks pretty good. Ray alluded to a game that I had my eye on the. Uh... Tampa Bay and Philadelphia game. If Philly loses their fifth of six 
and they stumble out of the playoffs in the first round, I mean, you could be looking at, I'm not sure if I'd go with a coaching change yet with all Sirianni's done, but I mean, we're knocking on the door of that. He's certainly on the hot seat. Oh yeah, I heard that too. And uh, even Mike McCarthy, after a great season, could be on the hot seat too. But uh, let's start with the Browns at the Texans. This is the five seed versus the four seed. This is a 4:30 game on Saturday, and um, another storyline here: these two teams were involved in one of the biggest trades in NFL history with Deshaun Watson, and here they are meeting in the postseason. So, Dave, why don't you start this one off and give us your thoughts and your prediction? Well, I think it's very ironic that yeah, you know, Cleveland tried to go all in with Watson, and Watson isn't even going to be a, a part of this. And uh, frankly, ever since he got hurt, they're they're a better team. You've got you know. You know, youth and treachery versus old age and experience. Uh, I always love that kind of matchup. I, I think the Flacco story, look, we're not Browns fans here, but that Flacco story is amazing. I yeah. love it. I love everything about it. Um, I find myself almost rooting for them this week. Uh, I don't know. Um, but, man, Stroud has been so good. If this game was in Cleveland, I think it would be a different story. But ha- being inside, I think that's really going to help Houston. Um, <clears throat> so, Really, really tough game to call. I, I, I know. I'm glad I'm going third here because yeah, I'm waiting for you guys really to tough talk game me to into call. something. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Houston just because of the home Ooh. field and because Cleveland is pretty – I mean, you look at what they're doing. They're so banged up. They are so banged up, and I just don't know if, if they're going to be able to do it another week. I'll side with you, Dave. I've got Houston in this one. It was just three weeks ago that Cleveland went to Houston and won 36-22, but that was with uh, Davis Mills and Case Keenum in at quarterback for Houston. They, yeah, they really didn't throw that one out the window. Yeah, two picks yeah. from Keenum, a sub-50% completions from Mills. I, they're not going to get that from Stroud. The, the Cleveland defense isn't going to force him to look quite that bad. I, I think it's going to be a big test for them. First playoff game for C.J. Stroud, first for D'Amico Ryans. It's a, it's an interesting spot for them to be, but I think they get on the right side of it this time. Yeah. Oh. Go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say they're a home underdog. That's interesting. Well, yeah, so I'm, I'm going back and forth on this one. Um, first off, kudos to the t- Texans. I mean, what a turnaround. Unbelievable. From, from last year to this year, they had the number two pick. They finished 3-13-1, and they won their division this year. Uh, so you got to feel really good for them and and their fans, um, and of course the Browns. You know Joe Flacco, he, he does play well in the postseason. They're five and zero. He's five and zero all time in wild card games. Um, I don't know if that means anything. As far as the defense goes, to me the Browns have the best unit. They're the best of the four units if you look at offenses and defenses. But I don't think they're quite as good on the road. But I think they get after Stroud. Rookies in the playoffs tend to make mistakes. I'm going to take Cleveland in this one. There you go. I tend to think that way, but C.J. Stroud's defied expectations at every turn. And, and boy, is he fun to watch. And he is is great in the fourth quarter, too. I mean, never count him out. Boy, Carolina really made a mistake, I think. (laughs) Yes, how about that? And, And funny thing is, the Texans, They remember they won that last game on a Hail Mary? And that dropped them from the one spot in the draft to the two spot. Would have they made the mistake of taking Bryce Young if they had that one pick? Sometimes they would tell you no, but we'll never really know. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What a weird twist of fate. 
Uh, so we got the number six Dolphins at the number three Chiefs on Saturday night, 8 p.m. I don't know if you guys will be watching because the game is on Peacock. Hashtag get lost oh, to Peacock. You just stole my get lost. I, I'm yeah. so annoyed at this. I probably I already subscribed, so I will watch it, but there's no chance I would buy it just for this. I think this is a terrible move. Um, but hey, you go first. Go first, Todd. This isn't the game I would go out and get Peacock for. I don't <laughs> think it's going to be terribly high scoring. Although you think about it, uh, Tua and the Dolphins and all their high scoring antics with Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. You think in any other year it's going to be just this shootout? But I think with the uh, real feel of negative 19 in Kansas City. It's going to be a ground and pound type game. Miami's a very good rushing offense, but I don't think they're as physical as Kansas City. I've got the Chiefs. Yeah. uh, By the way, this is Tyree Kill's return to Arrowhead in the postseason here. And, you know, Tua hasn't played a playoff game. And so to me, you know, that comes back to the first game for any quarterback, tend to Tends to, I'll take Mahomes in that matchup, obviously. So I got to go with the Chiefs in this one. Injuries, injuries, injuries for Miami, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They lost a couple edge rushers. Xavier Howard's, I think, going to be out. So I think the Chiefs find a way to get this done. Miami's pattern is that they struggled all year with one exception against good teams. I mean, they beat Dallas, and that was a close game. They could have easily lost that, but they, they really struggled. And, and most of the other matchups against strong teams, um, you know, Baltimore just killed them. I, I, I did say I, I, I don't think Kansas City's anywhere as near good this year as they have been. I don't think they have the skill weapons. But at home, I don't like Miami, who's a warm weather team in this extremely cold environment. I think that's going to be a really tough a- adjustment. And I will say this: we don't advocate betting. We know I know you know that I don't sports bet anymore, but. Um, that 44 and a half over under, I would take the under on that all day in minus 19. That to me is the best bet on this whole board. Now watch them go out and score 60, but it, that's a hard environment to score a whole bunch of points in. Uh, but I'm going to take Kansas City as well. All right, Sunday we uh, turned the page here and we talked about the game, but we didn't give our final predictions. So we got the Steelers number seven at the Bills number two. And I got to go with the Bills in this one, guys. I I mean, as much as I want to be a, a homer, and I'm sure D is thinking to himself somewhere. Stairway. Stairway. He's going to take the Steelers. <laughs> you know it. He's going down with the ship. But to me, I I, I think the Bills, um, If I think that they could make the Super Bowl, honestly. They're a hot team. I know the Ravens are the one seed sitting at home, but I wouldn't count the Bills out. Well, it's interesting. I've been thinking about this just while we're here, and I almost think the weather will be an advantage for the Bills. If the Bills don't do anything stupid, they should win this game. And that that wind is probably going to make them be more conservative. And I think against Pittsburgh, that's all they need. They don't need to do anything crazy. They're the better team. They've played like the better team. We talked about it before the season started. Pittsburgh's schedule was really soft, and they still almost blew it. You know, they, they have not fared... They beat a few good teams, but think about it. They beat Cincy twice, but Burrow was out. They beat Baltimore last week, but they were sitting everybody. I have a lot of questions about, is this team actually good? They had a negative point differential, which is a huge red flag to me. I'm definitely taking Buffalo. And when I look at the spread, it's now 10 and a half. Um, Man, I I would think about taking Buffalo even with the points. Mm. I I just – the the weather is the only thing that I think might keep it close – um, I probably wouldn't touch that 
that spread that point you know but if you force me to take one side or the other i i think buffalo is going to win and it was not going to be that close i hope i'm wrong Filling in for D, I guess I'll bring his energy and spirit to the show. I'll go with Pittsburgh. (laughs) I think it's been a tough season for the Steelers, but if you look at what they do well, it's exactly what Buffalo wants to do in the red zone. The Steelers have the third fewest rushing touchdowns allowed with nine, and they've only given up one rushing touchdown since 2021 to a quarterback. So if Josh Allen's going to make his money, it's going to have to be passing the ball in the red zone against the defense. I'm not sure he can get that done. He's the kind of volatile that would lead me to believe that Buffalo can't win six in a row. All right. Well, there you have it. We got the Packers uh, number seven in the NFC at the Cowboys number two at 430. What do we got here? I think it's uh, Dave's turn. Uh, Well... Look, I would love nothing better than to pick Green Bay here, and they've been hot. I mean, they since that Steeler game, they've really they've really played well. Jordan Love, in particular, has played well. Yeah, they've won three in a row. Dallas is just a different. You've you've made this point. You've been all over this all year. Dallas is a different team at home. Dallas is a different team when they're playing teams that aren't great. Green Bay is okay. They're not great. I think Dallas. I think they make a statement here. Now, I think I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl, but I think that they're going to really take care of business this week. I do. Everything I say is going to make it sound like I wouldn't take Dallas plus the points. Like I'm going to take Dallas to cover as well. I think that Jordan Love has played well enough that he could go toe-to-toe with Dak. I think Matt LaFleur is a better coach than Mike McCarthy. I, but I also think, for you Steelers fans out there, that defensive coordinator Joe Barry is the Matt Canada of defensive coaches. I think he's truly the worst in the league at what he does, and that's what's going to hold the Packers back. Dallas scores an average of 40 points at home on the season. I, I think they possibly continue that trend. Yeah, I mean, you got to go with the Dallas uh, Dallas side here because of the home field advantage, in my opinion. Um, sometimes that's overrated, but it's not with the Cowboys. I mean, they were 8-0 this season, and they've won 16 in a row at home. There is something to that. Of course, it did take some help from the officials in the last game. Dave, I know you don't like me talking bad about any officials, but they did get a little help there in that Lions game. But I will go with the Cowboys. We got number seven Rams at the number three Lions, 8 p.m. on Sunday. Henry, what do you got in this one? I think that the Rams' defense only works at its best when they can stop the run. And I think they're going to have a hard time containing the duo of David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. It's going to be an emotional game. Stafford's return to Detroit. You've got Kelly Stafford tweeting at fans, trying to get a sense that she had followed something that had the Lions were banning Stafford jerseys from the game. That's not true, but she took it and ran with it. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on storyline wise but i think that ground game of the lions is going to be too much to handle for the rams defense well this is the lions first home playoff game since 1993 and the fans have waited so long that the ticket prices show it uh according to the World Wide web the cheapest ticket for the game is 552 dollars wow. with prices going all the way up to seven thousand some dollars for a single ticket now the lions have not won a playoff game since 1992 and we're complaining as Steelers fans and for 2016. We're spoiled. Yes, we are. But uh, anyhow, I really feel like I, I'm, I'm sort of a Lions fan. I want to see them win. But I'm going to take the Rams here. I think the Rams are hot. They've won four in a row. Their offense looks good. Stafford, he's got that playoff magic. I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to take the Lions, but... 
I am going to point out one thing, and, and us as, as Penguins fans should understand this. You've got a Detroit team that's got this home game, and this is, you know, the fans are going to be going crazy and all this stuff. And all I think of is game five in 2016, because I mm-hmm. was there. Mm-hmm. And that, that was such an environment that I think it actually overpsyched the home team. Yeah. Pittsburgh didn't even show up for the first 20 minutes of that game. And then they played well after that, but they. Then they took care of business in Game Six. I think there's high potential for them to make have a really shaky first quarter. If they can survive that, they're going to be okay. But the Rams have been there and done that. They're not going to be, I think, two phased. Even though it is going to be crazy in there, I think it's actually maybe more of a liability for Detroit. But I still think Detroit has the talent to overcome that. It's probably going to be close, but I do think they'll win. All right, and then Monday we turn the page. This is probably the worst of the games, I think. Uh, The Eagles, number five, at the Buccaneers, number four. Both of these teams are kind of banged up. They're hobbling their way into the playoffs here. The Bucs won a terrible division. The Eagles, of course, have lost five of the last six. They're reeling. Their defense is terrible. And I'm going to... I guess I'm going to just defer to Ray Fittipaldo's expertise and say the Buccaneers win at home here. I was all ready a week ago to say, oh, Philly will turn it on, blah, blah, blah. And then I watched enough of that Giants game to say, wow, this team is actually bad. I mean, they were, in every phase of the game, horrible, 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 horrible. And they needed that game. They had a legit chance to get a, to win that division. I mean, the commanders hung around with, with Dallas there for a while. So... I just don't think they have it, and and I not that I think, and I've said all year, every team in that divi- that South Division, I think, is not any good. I we we could have thrown those in, a, you know, and just done dice to figure out who was any good in that division, um, and the standings prove it. Except for Carolina, right? They all finished tied, didn't they? Or pretty close to it. Yeah, real um, close. But Mayfield's been pretty good, better than I think we thought he was going to be. They're at home. I have to take Tampa, but I think this has the potential to be a pretty ugly looking game. Uh, Tepidly, I guess I'll take Tampa. I had basically made up my mind that no matter who the Eagles were going to face in the first round, I was going to take their opponent just because, if you believe at all in momentum, they have the exact opposite of forward momentum. <laughs> They're fall, free-falling as it stands. But Tampa's the one team I feel like I could be comfortable taking Philly against. Like Tampa, as far as it goes, I mean, they beat the Panthers 9 nothing yeah. to close their season in a game they had to have. It was anything but inspiring. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, losing the division might have been an advantage for Philly because they would have had to play, you know, potentially the Packers there. And I would rather play the the, the Buccaneers at Tampa than, than be at home against the Packers, I, I think. Absolutely. But that said, I think that Mike Evans is going to tear that Philly secondary apart. They've been suspect at best all year and i think he has about 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns i think the the buccaneers come out on top all right when we return we're going to bring back upon further review stay with us on under review sponsored by smith lawn and landscaping and dr greg lineski at wise eyes shop local buy local save deals Hi, I'm Jenny, the manager over at your Big Deals online store. Did you know that when you shop locally, 83 cents of that dollar stays in town? Local businesses are the lifeblood of our community, and that's why you should shop your Big Deals online store. Dozens of gift certificates to local businesses, all in one convenient place. Shop local from the convenience of your home or smartphone. Visit DuboisBigDeals.com. Here we go again, the same old story. You order the part online, it's wrong when it arrives, the car's torn apart, and then the fun begins. 
trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment, the kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story, and you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Climber. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you use insulin or have had hypoglycemic events, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-457-9220. That's 800-457-9220. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. Welcome back, and uh, we're going to bring back upon further review. This is where we kind of go around the horn here, and we can bring up any sports topic that caught our attention throughout the week. And uh, since Henry's our guest, we're going to let him lead off the uh, segment. Earlier this week, we had Black Monday. That's the uh, Monday after the regular season where head coaches in the NFL are on the chopping block. And for the first time that I can remember in recent years, the days after Black Monday were actually more interesting as far as coaching changes went on the actual day of. I mean, it was basically at the turn of midnight. Arthur Smith got his uh, walking papers there from Atlanta. But you had the big news Tuesday with Mike Vrabel being let go from Tennessee. He's regarded as a very fantastic coach down there for them and someone I don't think will make it out of this hiring cycle. And then today, we learn that Pete Carroll is stepping away from the Seattle Seahawks. It seems like they offered him some sort of a an advisory role, but that it seems like he had been fighting for a coaching job, so I, I don't think that was as mutual as it may originally have sounded. I, two big names fired on Tuesday and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big surprise to me, uh, especially, I mean, well, Carroll and Vrabel. I mean, if the Steelers were ever going to part ways with Mike Tomlin, Mike Vrabel to me is the perfect guy to bring in. I mean, he just, he plays a Steelers type game. Um, All I read today was New England fans saying he'd be perfect up there. But that's the biggest name domino that hasn't fallen yet. We've been waiting to hear about that. Yeah, Yeah. I I think at some point we may hear a similar situation in New England. They want Bill to move into an advisory role, and it may end up in a divorce. Well, let me ask you guys real quick. Of those positions that are available, which job do you think is the most enticing? Oh, let's see. So you're saying Seattle? Of the ones that are available right now. The ones that are available, Seattle, Atlanta. Chargers. um, Raiders. Tennessee. Commanders. Yep. Panthers. Okay. Boy, that's... 
Well, I really like that Seattle. I, there's there's talent in Seattle. There I mean, they, I still think they have to figure out their quarterback situation, but man, there's there's talent up there. I, I I think I would probably take that, and I would probably put San Diego second, just yeah. because you've got the quarterback. You can build the other stuff when you got the quarterback, and I think if you have the right leadership, you could make something out of that. They had way too much talent to be as bad as they were. Oh, I agree with you there. If I'm an offensive mind like a Jim Harbaugh, Ben Johnson, uh, Bobby Slovic from down there in Houston. I'm looking at the commander's job if they promise me they're taking a quarterback at number two. If I can handpick my quarterback or potentially move up to number one if they want to jump the Bears, if you're letting me pick my my guy from this quarterback class, that may be the most attractive job to me with the new ownership there. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, and they have some weapons too. I guess I haven't gotten over my distaste for Dan Snyder, and I have to remember that it's a new day there. (laughs) It it doesn't feel like it yet, but the Commanders fans are certainly hoping that the page turns on that era. I'm sure. All right, Dave. Uh, Well, I've I've got to turn to the NHL. We don't have a lot of time to talk about it. I've been low man on the Penguins the whole time. I still think, and if you look at where Carlson's headed in terms of his points, it's closer to what I thought than a lot of people. Having said that, if I look at this division right now, yeah, okay, we have 44 points. Uh, Technically, we're in seventh. We are two points out of third, and we're five points out of second. And let me just read. Okay, the Rangers are good. Carolina's good. Those are your top two. Philly's in third. They're not any good, okay? They've only got a plus four. They're coming down. The Islanders are minus 12 in goal differential. They're coming down. I don't believe in them at all. The Devils are a good team that are just absolutely destroyed by injuries. I actually feel bad for them, and I never feel bad for New Jersey. (laughs) Washington is minus 23 in goals. They're old. They're slow. They're terrible. Forget about them, too. And then there's us. I actually think we're the third best team in this division as we speak right now. And I think that we've been a little bit unlucky. We're plus 15 in goals. That's actually second in the division. Um I think that there's a run coming. I, I just do, and I think that they if they don't make the playoffs, something went wrong. Now, injuries. You lose Sid. Sid's line is unbelievable for as old as he is. It's unbelievable. If he gets hurt, forget everything I just said. But as long as he's healthy and Gensel's healthy, I think they have and, – and the goaltending holds up, but I think it will because I think now they can – they can rotate them, and they're not afraid to go to Nijelkovic if if he Jari runs into trouble. I really like their chances now. Yeah, and and um, you know Jesse Marshall posted this on his uh, Twitter page, X page. He asked, "Well, what was the biggest difference? Like, what has happened to the Penguins that's led to this turnaround?" And for me, it's their depth scoring. They're actually getting scoring beyond the first line now. And I love to see Ricard Raquel coming on. He's been really good since he came back from injury. And, of course, they got Brian Rust back. So, yeah, it's good to see guys pitching in. And if they could ever, ever get this power play going, I think they could really make a run. We touched on the goaltending, and I think that really is going to make or break the second half of the Penguins' season. If they can continue to get top five numbers from their tandem, and it has to be a true tandem. You ride the hot hand, you sit whoever's cold, and you use that as a way to keep them both healthy into the postseason. If that holds up as it has, I think they're a playoff team. Well, and and the modern trend in the NHL is to go away from the horse and and go to the one and the 1A. You don't see guys starting 60 games anymore. I think that's going to help Jari. I really do. Yeah, and, and the thing with Jari, he can be so hot and cold. 
And so, yeah, he gets you a shutout one night and ends pulled in the, at the end of the first period another night. So it's nice to have that guy to fall back on. Casey DeSmith, he looks good in Vancouver. Yeah, but he, but he, he, was, yeah. he was he was not the guy for Jari. You need that guy that can challenge him, can push him like almost like the Flurry and Murray thing from years past. Speaking of the NHL, I want to ask you guys about the NHL's overtime policy. Um, the NHL adopted the three-on-three overtime back in 2015 and 16, and it was a great hit at first. I mean, so entertaining, back and forth, and two-on-ones, breakaways. But then the coaches got a hold of it. Well, they figured out possession <laughs> and, is and, king. <laughs> and they found a way to slow it down and bore you to death. And now they, we got these games where guys are just ragging the puck. They'll skate it into the zone. They'll bring it back out, go for a line change. And now more games are going to uh, shootouts. And so the NHL GMs met back in, I think, November. And this was one of the topics that they talked about. And they want to end the games in overtime. They don't want them to go to shootouts. So two ideas were proposed, and I wanted to see what you guys thought of these and if you have any other ideas on what to do with the overtimes. Once teams pass the um, center line or the blue line, one proposal is they can't take it back out, almost like a backcourt in basketball. And another idea is like a shot clock sort of thing. And uh, I guess violations would result in the plays being blown dead and a face-off. The league isn't real high on those stoppages, so they're they're still weighing those. But two things, they, they don't have much interest in extending the length of overtime, and they don't want to get rid of the shootout altogether. So what do you guys think? What would be the best options here? Well, my first option is to go off the board and go to a 3-2-1 point system and have less overtime to begin with. It is the silliest thing in the world that some games count for more points than others. I hate that. It, every game should be three points. And if you did that, there'd be more. At the end of the last five minutes of regulation, everybody's like, oh, let's just get our point. That would really go away, I think, if you actually had something to play for there so you'd have less overtime. Of those two options you put out, I like the the front the center court thing better because it will make less stoppages. You'll see teams that if they're they're tired, they'll hold on to it just to get that stoppage and get the face off. I think I think the shot clock thing will be as much of a back uh, you know a, a unintended consequence as anything else they try. But I I don't know. I it, it's tough. I had heard the idea for the backcourt violation. I hadn't heard about the shot clock, and that would be interesting to me. It almost sounds like a lacrosse-style rule. It's the same kind of initiative they have in lacrosse. But with lacrosse, it's an attempted shot. With Hmm. hockey, it would have to be a shot on goal, and that's really hard to calculate. It's hard to tell on the fly, was that just wide of the post? Was that on frame? And so how do you reset a shot clock were that to transpire like if there's a a play that you can't tell if it's over the crossbar or not i think that would be tricky for refs to try to do on the fly well keep keep your um thoughts going there with that i'd like to revisit that at another time but you know what the clock is ticking d's gonna know i know he's gonna listen to this coming back uh on podcast and we gotta get to get lost so uh why don't we let you start it off henry what do you got for get lost this week I'm going to say hashtag get lost to Monday night football playoff games. This is the third year of that. It's a silly idea because you're naturally going to have a team that gets less rest than anyone else they could be playing in their conference. They're the only teams that play on Monday. This is back-to-back years that Tampa Bay has had to host the Monday night football playoff game 
against the loser of the NFC East, the second-place team in the NFC East. I, they've got to be livid if they were to move on this year, unlike last year. It's it's a terrible situation, especially if they have to play on Saturday. The whole schedule creep is out of control in the NFL, but I, I'm going to I'm gonna go back to hockey. Hashtag get lost to the Flyers, who when they lose at home decide to act like whiny babies and start fights all over the place. I'm so over that nonsense. Get lost, Philadelphia. And I'm going to say hashtag get lost to offside reviews in the NHL. I'm tired of them wiping away beautiful it, goals. Take one look at it, and, and all of overtime, and, and all of replay, I'm sorry. You take one look at it if you can't tell the call stands. I love it. All right, we'll see you next week. We'll see if now the Steelers are winners or not. Update. Have a good Powered. week.